and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrator's Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The show takes place on the third Wednesday of every month at the Buntport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Hi, this is Mary from the Narrators in San Diego. We're excited to soon be announcing our 2016 themes for the narrator shows in Denver and San Diego. Those will be posted wherever you find your latest, greatest narrator's information. Our next show is December 8th at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego. Uh, The next Denver show is the 16th of December at Buntport Theater. The theme for both shows is siblings, so we'll look forward to seeing you there. The last show in San Diego was themed Bottled Up in honor of San Diego Beer Week. And one story in particular was truly an ode to beer, although not San Diego beer, more about Irish beer. This story took place in Galway, Ireland, and it's about the joy and folly of youth. So please take a listen to Jenny Minetti Shippy, who told her story on November 10th at Tiger Tiger Tavern. Thanks, Mary, and thanks, Robert, for having me here tonight. Um, I'm Jenny, and we are in a bar in North Park, so it feels appropriate that my story is about bicycles and beer and the body. Uh, The body is an amazingly resilient creature. I know this because I have been surrounded by athletic people my entire life who like to tell me how resilient their bodies are as they like do a handstand or backflip into a swimming pool or, you know, like run more than one mile at a time. The main way that I have tested my own body's resiliency has been through drinking. And this was particularly true the summer that I lived in Galway, Ireland. So I'm 24. I'm studying there in Galway for a couple of months, and I arrived prepared to max out my credit cards, both of them, drinking at the pubs. To get to the pubs, though, I had to get a bike, which in Ireland they call a cycle. So away I went to the cycle shop near the university, which was run by a very tall, very blonde, like very sweet young Polish man. Show me your cycles, I said. And he did. He led me to these racks of like very sturdy, super modern looking mountain bikes and carefully explained to me how these were like the best cycles. They were fully guaranteed. If something went wrong with it, the shop would fix it for free. And the shop also guaranteed that they would buy it back from me for like at least half of what I had paid for it. I think looking back on it, this Polish guy, this very lovely Polish man, might have been one of my guardian angels. Because he seemed legitimately concerned that I buy the right cycle and then that I be safe on it. He must have warned me probably three times about how I should like never pedal after dark, even on the footpaths, because the drunk drivers would hit me with their cars while I was on the sidewalks. Um, So... So this cycle, this beautiful cycle he showed me was like 90 euro, which at the time was $150, which was definitely more than I was willing to spend. So I said, show me something cheaper. And he did. He led me to this bike that looked like the myth of an Irish bicycle, like circa 1950. 
Okay. It had a blue frame. It was mostly blue. There was rust. It also had a bell, which did not work. There were a couple of like bent or missing spokes, and there was this giant slash through the faux leather seat. My Polish angel explained to me that not only was that cycle not guaranteed, but that the second that I pedaled it off the lot, I was on my own. And there were a few things that I didn't know about the cycle just by looking at it, like that the rain would soak through that gash in the faux leather seat and I would have a wet ass for a month. And I also didn't know that the bike chain would pop off the chain ring unpredictably and that I would get covered in this like thick black grease, which those of you who have bicycles are probably familiar with, but which for me, I was like, it's the apocalypse um, every time I tried to reset it. What I did know was that I loved that cycle the moment that I laid eyes on it. 30 euro, I'm sold. And away I went. So uh, it was raining, because it rains there a lot in the summertime, and my Polish guardian angel had managed to terrify me about the cars on the road to the point that the very first thing I did with my newly beloved, like brand new ancient cycle was crash it into a parked car attempting to get from the road to the relative safety of the footpath, all right? And it was uh, the first of many crashes as I learned, well, as I relearned to like pedal a cycle, which was a thing I hadn't done in a decade. And also as I learned my way through Galway's kind of winding streets and to the welcoming doorways of its many pubs. Uh, T. Coley, Johnny Nocton's, the Roisin Dove, I did try and take my Polish angel's advice. I really did. I locked the cycle every time I abandoned it for the drink. I attempted to lock the cycle, but I would come back and I would find my cable lock like wrapped around the seat post or tangled in the front tire and in no way attached to the cycle rack where I thought I had secured it. And after it happened a couple of times, I was, well, okay. After it happened several times, I was forced to admit that somebody was probably not deliberately fucking with me. It was just that I was such a perfect fool about how to use a cable lock correctly. And I also did my best to not pedal in the dark, right? Like those words really stuck with me. And July's in Galway, uh, it's light until about 1030 at night. And then dawn starts creeping around at like 4, 430. And there were many nights when I successfully did not see a dark sky. <laughs> because I was drinking with a grip of like young Irish artists, all of whom were on the dole or on arts grants, and then there was me with my credit cards, both of them, and we would get going like buying rounds, and the next thing I would know, I would be awash, awash in Guinness, like gingerly pedaling home. <laughs> and I'm sure like you guys, whatever, you're here, you've all already thought your own thoughts about Guinness. So all I'm going to say is that I know it's a cliche, but it's super amazing, and under its influence, I became a fighter. Night after night, I picked a fight with the hill in front of my apartment, okay? So it's like, it's like 4, 4.15. I'm drunk cycling through the pre-dawn, trying to not get killed by a, a drunk person in a car. And to get to the blacktop in front of my apartment, I can either follow this like long, kind of lazily winding paved footpath, or I can off-road up a hill, <laughs> 
And it's not like a big hill, right? I mean, it had a slope, but frankly, it was a grassy knoll. And so it seemed very within my capabilities as a cyclist and also within the capabilities of my cycle. So, so I'd caroom off the footpath every night up the hill, convinced I was going to make it to the top. No problem. No, <laughs> no, I would crash sometimes spectacularly. I never made it more than halfway up that hill before one of two things would happen. I would lose my focus and my momentum, like, thanks, Guinness, and just sort of gently topple over. Or the chain would pop off the chain ring, and there I'd be, like, futilely and furiously pedaling until the laws of physics took over and, like, the cycle and I parted ways. All right. Uh, this went on for a couple of weeks. Okay. I would, that grassy knoll was my enemy and I was also replacing my blood with Guinness and like I was getting better at getting up that hill or at least it seemed like I was not getting better. Um, one of the things that I think is amazing about being in your twenties, particularly your early twenties is that your body's natural resiliency tends to sort of like mask what it is that you're actually doing to yourself. Like I never had a hangover that entire summer, which is really upsetting because now I get a hangover if like a shot of whiskey looks at me funny, right? So it came as a real surprise to me when it stopped raining, like it rains a lot there in July. And instead of putting on pants, I put on a skirt one day and sort of, you know, assessed the way that you do. And, and then, and then I saw it, the bruise. The like mother of all bruises. This fucker ran from the back of my right knee all the way down my calf. It was as wide as my hand. And it was the most like vividly disgusting colors you've ever seen. It was black. It was very black in the center. And then it had some like indigos and royal blues and like livid purples and uh, with this sort of pale yellow edging just for good measure <laughs> and I was appalled I was like what had happened to me and why couldn't I remember it this is clearly a catastrophic injury um well you guys are like all adults who are smart and reasonably sober so you've probably like put it together but it took me solidly a couple of hours before I was able to add one and one which was that the Guinness diet that I was on had literally thinned my blood to the point that I bruised like an 80 year old and then secondly that my nightly duels with the grassy knoll and then the like cycle push of shame that followed um, had beaten me black and blue that when I you know in the morning would be like oh yeah remember how you pushed your bike up the hill and remember how the pedal sort of was like touching your leg it was not touching my leg it was bashing against my leg <laughs> and so then now I had this this bruise I guess that like the moral ending to this story would have had me change my behavior in some way, right? Like drink less or use the footpath. <laughs> but um, I was young and I was invincible and I was happier than I remember ever being. And I wore that bruise like a badge of honor the rest of the summer. And I told its origin story like at every opportunity. 
And I kept flinging my ancient blue cycle at that grassy knoll like every night. So no tidy morals from me. Okay. Um, but you know, I did get, I got better at riding the bike and like hand to God, true story. My very last night in Galway, I made it to the top of that fucking hill and I got there, right? I got there and I looked around. I was like on top of the cycle on the blacktop. Where is my round of applause? Where is the medal? I have to have earned something through this test of my body's resiliency. But it was just me and the brightening sky. Thanks so much, you guys. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Aaron Rollman, Mary Robertson, and me, Ron Doyle. I produce and record the podcast with engineering assistance by Josh Johnson. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. The Narrators Podcast is brought to you by these amazing sponsors. The great guys at Illegal Pete's and Greater Than Records, who in addition to providing rad burritos all over town, provide great local music and comedy. The next time you need a photographer, remember From the Hip Photo. You can learn more about their honest and unforgettable service at fromthehipphoto.com. Check out the appropriately named Sexy Pizza on their website, sexypizzaonline.com. And finally, by Breckenridge Brewery, making balanced, approachable, and interesting handcrafted beers in Colorado for over 25 years. Check them out at breckbrew.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or on your favorite mobile podcatcher. For more information and to find past episodes, visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.